Welcome to this podcast of the Grazi Dio Business Review. This is Audra Quinn, Managing Editor of the GBR, and I'm here today with Don M. Atwater, PhD, Practitioner Faculty of Economics at the Grazi Dio School of Business and Management at Pepperdine University. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Atwater. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Good. So along with Neha Katwani, who is a recent graduate of our MBA program, Dr. Atwater is the co-author of Labor Pains, The Recovery of the U.S. Labor Market is About to be Pushed Back. This article explains how decreases in public sector employment will push back the recovery of the U.S. labor market even further. The article can be found in Volume 14, Issue 3 of the Grazi Dio Business Review at gbr.pepperdine.edu. All right, so let's just start kind of with the basics. A lot has happened since the economy started to take a tumble back in 2007. Can you first give listeners an idea of how the jobs landscape has changed since then? Well, since the uh, tumble in December of 2007, job losses have outpaced jobs created by a wide margin. Uh, Some researchers call the period from 2007 to 2009 the Great Recession. On the labor market side, uh, we call the period from 2008 till currently in 2011 the Big Contraction. Jobs are lost in the private sector, especially construction, housing, and manufacturing as well as the public sector, local, state, and federal jobs. Small businesses closed and large businesses pulled back. Right. And now in the article, um, which again, you can find this at gbr.pepperdine.edu, but you have a really excellent chart that kind of shows the latest decreases in in jobs and how those compare to, to previous recessions throughout history. So can you kind of put that into words for listeners? Sure. Let me walk you through it a bit. Um, For the last seven recessions in the United States, from 1974 to 2007, the graph shows for each month the percentage of job losses or employment declines uh, and where the job losses stopped and where the recovery of the losses occurred. Each job loss cycle starts at the uh, month one and has a vertical value to start with of one since there are 0% losses at the start of the recession. For example, in 1983, job losses continued for 15 months when a trough or bottom is shown, followed by a ramp back up that ended with recovery in month 27. The 1983 cycle had the worst recorded dip in employment, 0.97 or 3%. The staggering fact is that during the big contraction, we are in month 27 and still in the trough and the value of the trough is 0.94, or 6% decline in employment, which is twice the previous low. Hmm. Yeah, one of the startling quotes from the article, and, and I'm quoting you here, average job growth in the U.S. from 1970 to 2007 was 375,000 jobs per month. But so far, even in the best months of this recovery, job growth has been 50,000 to 60,000. So this is really not looking good for recovery, but you know that there are even bigger problems on the horizon as a result of the recent initiatives to reduce the federal deficit. So can you tell us a little bit about all that? All right. Um, In the big contraction, we just said we were twice as deep in the employment hole, and the average job growth is what brings us back to ground level. Just last month, as a standard, growth was charted by the Bureau of Labor Statistics at minus 12,000, 
minus 12,000 jobs created. We lost 12,000 more than we gained. Mm -hmm. Now, even 50 to 60,000, which was the level we first researched uh, when this article was being put together, seems good. Um, the rate of employment and growth determines the number of months until we break back to the even point or break the surface when we regain the jobs we've lost. Based on historical growth figures, that's the 375,000 jobs a month, um, it would take us till 2015 to gain back the eight plus million jobs we're going to be losing in this down period. Mm -hmm. If we use the 60,000 rate, the recovery date becomes 2023. Yikes. That's really assuming everything else goes well. And now it appears that everything else isn't going to go well. Unlike past cycles, when public or government employment helped the rate of recovery, it added to jobs being created, the current cycle must now incorporate the new reality that debt reductions will require cuts in spending and programs, and that means reductions in public sector employment. The big contraction is hitting the public sector jobs market for the first time in decades. Hmm. Wow. Now, I, I have to ask, um, you know, you even note in the paper that the government is currently $14 trillion in debt, and um, there's been reports that 300,000 federal jobs are considered redundant and probably should be eliminated. So is this such a bad thing for the economy? Uh, it's difficult to say what the standard should be for uh, job redundancy. Um, I don't think the standard is zero redundancy. Um, and one of the reasons for that is uh, as you get very close to trying to eliminate any redundancy, it costs more and more to uh, take that program forward. Um, our economy is currently about 16% public or government employment, and 300,000 federal jobs um, are less than 2%, about 1.4% of the public sector. So that by itself is not such a large number. Mm. Um, in fact, if you looked at most private sector multinational companies or companies with uh, many different divisions around the world, a standard for 2% duplication is really very small. So uh, as it goes, I don't think that's a tremendously large number. The other problem is that the report that cited, the GAO report on redundancy in, in federal government jobs, doesn't provide any clear guidance on which government units, um, if there are multiple different groups that have the jobs, um, if one is more efficient than the other and where the job should be cut. Hmm. All it does is identify them. So I think we should consider such matters as efficiency and other factors before we actually say these two jobs are redundant and eliminate them. So some more work has to be done. I think it raises a question, um, but it really should not be the type of thing we eliminate duplication and that ends up being more costly than the duplication itself. I see. Big fear. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, interestingly enough, a few days after the publication of your paper, um, President Barack Obama announced his proposal for the American Jobs Act, which would put $447 billion into jobs recovery and specifically $130 billion in aid to state and local governments. What are your thoughts on this act and how, how might this impact the labor market? Um, the focus of the president's program, uh, as was unrolled uh, this last week, was on creating new jobs, uh, primarily construction jobs for public sector infrastructure, roads, buildings, bridges, and other things, 
uh, getting teachers back to work uh, as teachers were laid off or not brought back to work because of budget problems, and offering the private sector uh, companies hiring tax credits. Uh, to me, this seems like a bride at a wedding who is supposed to be getting something new, something old, and something blue. In this case, the blue is what's not included. And in this case, it should be housing construction. In California, for example, we need to get workers back building houses. We need the housing industry to perk up. Um, and I think, simply put, we need to create private sector jobs, non-minimum wage jobs in the private sector uh, in order to turn ourselves back out of this situation. And the way to do that is probably through small businesses. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that in the Obama uh, hmm. proposal right now. Interesting. Yeah, and so it does seem like the labor market's best hope is small businesses. So what words of advice do you have or good takeaways from the paper that you can share with, uh, with small business owners? Um, actually, not only in the paper, but in discussions with colleagues, uh, especially with Dr. Ray Valadez, uh, who's been working with the California Small Business Association and other groups to get um, a better understanding of what the value propositions are for small businesses. Uh, we come up with a couple of key points to remember. The first proposition is that um, over the last 20 or 30 years, consistently small businesses have created more than 65% of the new jobs. And that's by a small business association uh, study that was put out. Um, but in addition to jobs creation, they're also the seedbeds for innovation and many new ideas. Small businesses today are stifled because they can't uh, get the funding they need, the capital funding they need to implement their ideas and open up their jobs. In today's world where large companies are comparing international markets and creating jobs in emerging countries and government jobs are likely to decline, small businesses are our last and best lifeline to jobs. I was talking with someone the other day and asked them, how many people do you know who are out of work have an idea and want to give it a try. Why don't we energize them and the 2023 date for recovery can just be another bad economic prediction. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Atwater. It's been really relevant and, and uh, excellent information. Great. You're very welcome, Audra. And I hope uh, you listeners and readers will chime in with your comments uh, on the article on the uh, website and uh, offer your thoughts and uh, perhaps uh, additional pieces of information as we move forward because this is a topic that's going to be around a long time. Yes, we definitely welcome your dialogue. So be sure to check out the full-length article, Labor Pains, the Recovery of the U.S. Labor Market is About to be Pushed Back at gbr.pepperdine.edu. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast of the Grazia Dio Business Review.